It's Fab here, founder and head teacher at Old Marketing School and your marketing BFF. And today I want to invite you to the place where marketing rebels go to master the craft. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about our marketing rebels, self-paced course library and student community. Imagine this, the ultimate library of courses, tactics and templates for marketers looking to use their superpowers for good. So if you are ready to access our short courses, a supportive community of marketing rebels, your personal cheerleading squad, then you gotta go and check our library out. Yes, think about us as your marketing BFFs sharing incredible weekly tactics tools, resources, and even prompts and trends to make sure that you always have fresh content coming out. Plus, we also have marketing sprints, hot seats, and office hours to support you as well in the journey. If it sounds like a good party, I guess it is. So all you have to do is make sure that you join us and you can do it in just two clicks. You just go to School dot click slash library i repeat am school dot click slash library to find out more about how to join us right now i will be waiting for you on the inside now on with today's episode welcome to alt marketing school we are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers just like yourself We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. My name is Fab, and I'm your teacher. And this week, we are talking about one of my favorite topics, because if you don't know this about me, Influencer marketing has been one of the most, I think, thought about topics when it comes to my journey and the ones that I explored most heavily, especially when Creative Impact, my other company, was called Health Bloggers Community. So to me, really talking about influencers and influence is really important. So much so that my first book was called Make an Impact and it talked about the habits of influential people. So as you can tell, I love talking about influence. And I was so happy to be joined by Gordon to actually discuss about this. And Gordon is such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to influencer marketing, the business and where it's going. And I was really excited to be able to look with him at where things are going to be shaping up with all the changes that have happened around influencer marketing in the past year, if not more. If you don't know Gordon, Gordon is the global head of influencer marketing at the Branded Content Marketing Association and the founder of the Influence Division. He's also the podcast host of Influence, a global podcast on influencer marketing, and he published Influencer Marketing Strategy. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about as well. We're going to talk about his book and get a better understanding of how influencer marketing strategy can be tailored to your own brand and what's going on around you. I really hope that you're going to enjoy this episode. As always, let us know what you think at Alt Marketing School on Instagram, or you can go to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about what we're up to and even get our weekly emails. I hope you're going to enjoy this episode and obviously we'll see you again on Monday with Marketing Soundbites. Let the class begin. 
Hello, Gordon, again. Hello, Fab. Nice to see you. Lovely to see you too. And I love that I can see a shot of not one, not two, but three copy of the Influencer Marketing Strategy book just behind <laughs> you. I love that. <laughs> well, I thought, as you know, I, I ought to be trying to promote it and market it myself. Uh, even though I've got a book publisher behind it, I thought, well, at least, you know. Product placement. <laughs> product placement, yeah. <laughs> it is literally like so fitting what we're going to talk about today, like product placement that I think wouldn't work any better than that. I'm really excited to dive in, into the topic because influencer marketing is something that I definitely explored a lot when I first started Creative Impact, being called the health bloggers community. Mm. And overall, something that is still a big part of marketing anyway. And I thought, what better person to talk about it than yourself? So I wanted to actually ask you, why did you feel compelled to write a book about influencer marketing strategy, especially? And is it also a, a case of talking about the state of the industry or what was the talk about? The- mm. So it's a great question. And uh, let, let, me, let me sort of roll back somewhat. So I used to run a trade association for 11 years in the promotional merchandise industry and uh, decided to run my own business in 2018. Um, which was a, effectively a membership consultancy. And I met up with an old friend of mine who ran the Branded Content Marketing Association, Andrew Cantor. And we met in our hotel in London. And I was just chatting to him about maybe some opportunities. And I said to him, you know, there's been a lot of uh, media hype around influence marketing. And there's, you know, not all positive, I might add. Um, and I just said to Andrew, is there any, there's no organization that really represents the influence marketing space, is there? So uh, anyway, we realized that there really wasn't any anything that was significant. So cut a long story short, we decided to create a, uh, not a new association, but a, a body for influence marketing within the branded content marketing association. And uh, so I was excited about uh, developing that. And at one event I went to, I happened to see a a publisher, which is Hogan Page. And they specialize in business, books, stuff like that. And I was telling them about what I was doing more generally. And I said, do you have any book, books around influencer marketing? And and they said, no, that they didn't. It was broadly covered by little bits in, in the marketing section, but not anything very specific. But I thought to myself, bearing in mind I was relatively new into the sector, I thought, what what I need is a book for me. I need a book that actually is almost a compendium of advice, tips, knowledge, case studies, influencer agencies. So that's what I embarked on. Obviously, I I was lucky in getting um, (laughs) a publishing contract from them. But um, and I was surprised how easy that was, but I think I, I must have I must have just hit them at, a, at the right time, really. So it took me eighteen months to write it. It's uh, over three hundred pages, eighty six and a half thousand words. Uh, there was times during the pandemic that I thought to myself, "What on earth have I done?" <laughs> but you're know, as an author yourself, um, r- writing a big authoritative book, you you know, it's not just your own perspective but it's actually getting other people's uh, experiences and case studies. And I think that is what I like to think is enriched the book. But it's also about providing what influencer marketing done well, because, you know, there's lots of stats flying around about the effectiveness of influencer marketing. And I genuinely believe it is a phenomenally uh, awesome media, but there's a lot of people that get it wrong and don't do it properly. 
and make mistakes. And so I thought what better way to do that would be to create a book um, to help uh, educate brands, agencies and influencers. Well, there you are. And it was launched on the 3rd of March um, to um, never done a book launch before in my life. Um, we had 104 people online, 16,000 views on my uh, LinkedIn post. For me, it was pretty good. <laughs> but then as I was saying to somebody uh, a while ago, you know, if I was talking about influencer marketing and I, and I didn't get many people turn up or, or look at my, uh, uh, my post, I wouldn't be very influential, would I? So, uh, uh, so they were. That's that's how it sort of came about. Thank you so much for that. And again, massive congrats to say I I am in the midst, uh, as time of recording, of getting the last touches for the second book coming out very soon, potentially by the by the way by the time you're listening to this. So I do understand that like there's a lot of work that you put in the writing. There's a lot of work that you put in the pushing it, and also there's a lot of uncertainty for books especially like yours about how can we keep them relevant and how are they going to change as the landscape changes and I love the fact that you mentioned the case studies and the stories from people because that make it valuable in the way that they make it unique and different because that's really a lot of where you can see yourself or you can understand maybe like the journey of other people because one thing that obviously we both know and people that are in marketing will definitely know is that influencer marketing more than ever is about two sets of people and usually you will have your customers and you will have yourself but right now there are three sets of people two of which are constantly interacting hopefully which are the brands and influencers and one of the biggest things and you rightfully mentioned like doing it right and the way that people have misconceptions is because we need to encourage better conversations between the parties especially the two parties that are most active so with that is something that i know we're both passionate about and (laughs) I wanted to ask you actually this is kind of stepping back again a bit and obviously you have been writing it for the last 18 months that's interesting so in a way it was almost like subsiding to what influencer marketing was and some of the changes that have happened because of obviously a global pandemic mm. do you see any big changes or shifts that have happened and are have influenced how influencer marketing is going to go forward or you see more as something that happened and now things are going back when it comes to influencer marketing to maybe what they were before. How does this shift actually through the pandemic? Oh, I think it's been amazing. And one of the things that has fascinated me is how governments have used influencers. It, well, you, you wouldn't have thought that a, a major government campaign back in sort of spring of 2020 would be using influencers to get, encourage people to wash their hands. Because uh, what one shouldn't forget that uh, the, the best one, one of the real advantages of influencer marketing is it allows organizations and brands to reach all sorts of audiences, young, old, and diverse, of course. Um, and so I think that's really it's really interesting to see how that has developed. And I think you know so many more of us have been online because we've been forced to be online, but but nevertheless, uh, I think uh, lots of consumers have discovered great content on YouTube, on Instagram, and particularly on TikTok, which has been a runaway success, as many of you, I'm sure, will know. So we've had lots of people that maybe have been on furlough, that have experienced, that are 
you know, experienced it for the first time. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a lot more content creators come out of the woodwork. So people that didn't think about becoming an influencer uh, suddenly have, have found themselves almost accidentally because of some of the content that they've been creating. So I think, you know, lots of brands that are now realizing that some of their traditional advertising isn't working. You know, it's almost like there's so much content now online. There's so much. We're, we're, we're actually, we live in this sort of attention economy. And that's the sort of buzzword, isn't it? Um, and, um, you know, we trust the opinions of friends and colleagues and content creators often more than we do traditional advertising. But the a stat just recently amongst Gen Zs, where only 1% of them trust advertising. And yet, uh, what we're seeing is phenomenal levels of engagement across some of these content creators, particularly the ones that are strong in their niche. Um, so I think I think that's definitely come across, you know, that those that it doesn't necessarily, by the way, have to have been through large audiences. Uh, they can be smaller, but but niche. So what else I think has developed a lot more is is online is, is online shopping and, and using influencers to, to link back with affiliate links. I mean, we've seen, you know, the likes of um, the major online retailers uh, like Pretty Little Thing and uh, and many others. Boohoo is one, the one I was trying to remember. <laughs> Again, Boohoo ambassadors. So I think we're going to see a lot more ambassador programs a lot more influencers that are engaged with the, the, the brands, almost immersed in that. Live streaming as well has been absolutely huge. Many, I mean, you look at the success of Twitch, for example, um, even in China. Um, I don't know if any of you follow some of the Chinese uh, uh, developments and markets. I think they're often almost ahead of the UK. But they've been used in live stream shopping channels. I mean, when we see you know the traditional shopping channels over here, and they're pretty much stayed the same old, same old. Suddenly, you've got these content creators that bring so much more life to them, and 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 getting millions and millions of views. So I think for brands now, I mean, I often talk about influencers being the, the new retailers. So I think they're here to stay, and they will be a formidable part of uh, a, a marketing strategy. I really love that concept uh, of obviously like seeing the influencers as the as the new really the retailers. I understand why that as well because in a way you know we would go window shopping where we go like trying to look for what we want to do next and what we want to use next. And you can use the same concept with you know doing that not so window window shopping on Instagram or whatever you whichever platform you're on and looking for things. To me, a very visual, maybe not as much in influencer laden yet which is interesting but a platform is pinterest and that is literally window shopping on your phone so i think it's definitely something that we need to think about and it almost reminds us of the fact that we can use obviously your book is called strategy as well so we can actually think about integrating influencers into our strategy maybe in more creative ways because i love mm-hmm. you mentioned like live streaming and other things and again i want to hear your thoughts on this because i'm a bit biased in the way that i believe that has been a bit limiting sometimes the way that brands have been thinking about incorporating these people and their stories and their content into their strategy and i think this is probably showed us that we can be more creative we can actually as you say fully immerse them in their experience mm, no 100 and i'm a great fan of, of involving uh, content creators and influencers uh, almost at the outset, so rather than actually starting to, to, to use them merely as amplifiers, 
they're not only human beings they they've created this amazing audience that is engaged why would you not want to ask their opinions um, and, and, and involve them in the brief. I mean, sometimes a lot of them are far better than traditional advertising agencies, quite frankly, at a, a fraction of the cost. Um, and I often talk about uh, some of these individuals that I've had the pleasure of meeting over the years that are, you know, they are multi-talented. They are digital natives. You know, they're producers, directors, location scouts. They create websites. They've got an amazing understanding of uh, analytics. So they'll know when to post content and what type of content will work best. So I think a brand that really understands how to work with influencers and do it properly should uh, admittedly provide a proper brief and give them a um, what, what they're trying to do, what their ideal outcome is, and be clear about some goals and objectives. Because otherwise, that's, that's a complete must. You can't possibly measure the effectiveness if you don't set clear goals. But actually leave much of the detail to the uh, to the content creators to do a great job and um, there's also lots of examples where um, photographers have been used and videographers have been used not as amplifiers but merely as content creators and therefore what brands smart brands have done and thought actually i'm going to work with these individuals and i'm going to put some social spend behind this or i'm going to use some of that collateral on our um, website or email marketing or whatever else. I've even seen influencers appear on, you know, on billboards and bus shelters, which proves the, the type of content and the, and the individuals now are, are, are more than just online. Actually, I, you mentioned something within that that I wanted to go back to because it's a big thing, obviously. It's good to be able to include the creatives in the brief. I think that's key. And I love that you mentioned that. But there was also something else that I want to talk about, which is obviously the metrics of success. And to me, also that connection with ROI, for example. Mm. And I wanted to ask you about that because I believe, and we actually had a webinar with Creative Impact the other day talking about this, literally, the constant like focus on followers, the constant follow on these vanity metrics and kind of the only way to actually assess who to work with or how the success has been like represented for a campaign or a brand. And I'm hoping and I'm thinking that eventually this is shifting and we're actually looking at different and more effective but also I'll say positive and uplifting ways to actually look at the benefits of a campaign of working with someone and I was wondering about your thoughts on this like going a bit away from how many followers have you got? I couldn't agree with you more Um, I mean I often talk about a a fly fishing expert maybe that has just a thousand followers Um, but somebody that that could if I was a fishing rod manufacturer you know that's a super niche and that's because the post or the um, profile of that individual is totally focused around that sector. Uh, I would suggest that the level of sales or the level of engagement would be much higher as a proportion. So, and it's easier to do it when it's when it's a, a, a niche influencer, but that of course is down to the brand to make sure that they find the right people. And that still is one of the biggest challenges is finding the right influencers to work with. But, you know, one of the other benefits about working with uh, influencers is measuring blog content, video content. It's long form. It stays around for a long while. You know, it keeps on giving. 
<laughs> if you think about a traditional advert, for example, that you might have in a magazine or a television, you know, once it's over, it's over. But blog is around for a long while. The video is around for a long while. Um, I don't know, Fab, if you remember Charlie Bit My Finger. Do you remember the video on YouTube? Famous. It was... Um, I think it was about 13 years ago now, and uh, it was about uh, two brothers, and it was quite comical. You can check it out on YouTube. It has a staggering 879 million views now. So that will have constantly been, you know, generating revenue for the individual that put that through, but obviously also add exposure to that brand. So, yeah, that's what I think is is super, super interesting. Um, one also should look at sentiment. You, know, you could say, well, uh, Piers Morgan has in incredible engagement on his Twitter. But it's not all positive. <laughs> so um, I think it's important to realise uh, that you should start to measure the sentiment and how responsive the influencer is. There are, there are people out there that literally are just posting. And there are others that are literally going back to their followers they are, and, and, the, and then there's further interaction. So it's a comment and then it's a comment back. What, what we all want is conversations, conversations which, which, which then build communities, trust, reassurance, and arguably then anything that influencer does or promotes the, the, the followers are going to feel as though, yeah, it must be good because she says it's good. And that actually leads me to, I guess a bit of a bigger question and probably like my, my kind of my last question when it comes to this, which is we mentioned uh, influencers of retailers, we mentioned live streaming, then also we mentioned that focus on community. And so I'm going to say one more that I loved at the beginning, ambassadorships and longer term partnerships, which I think mm. is key. So what would you say, maybe some of these again, but what would you say is coming up next? Not just for us, because we can actually get out of lockdown, at least in the UK, hopefully. But in general, when it comes to influencer marketing, where, where do you think the focus is going to be next? What are you excited about when it comes to this? So I'm, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm excited about is B2B influencers. So I'm not, you know, traditionally a lot of people, when they talk about social media, what they see on the uh, TV, they talk about you know, social media influencers. But, you know, anybody can be an influencer. And that's what I think, whether they are a thought leader, they're a, they're a tech expert, they're a financial wizard. Um, there could be all sorts of different things. And I think we've seen a real growth in brands realizing that they can work. So, for example, white papers pieces of research and then actually reaching out to a, a number of thought leaders that actually can help co-collaborate that content uh, using influencers for keynote sessions or panels bringing them um, uh, and then perhaps bringing them uh, giving them a, a discount code uh, to encourage people to come to your conference a few years ago actually two years ago i uh, was at the b2b marketing expo uh, and we had an influencer as my guest. And it was, it was over 400 people. It was easily the biggest attendance. And there were loads of people that came to that event purely because she was going to be there. So I think that is definitely uh, a growth. Um, I think influencers as brands. So now influencers are now realizing that, hey, you know, I can not only amplify other people's products, but I can create my own brand. We're going to see we're going to see a co-creation of, of brands that are only showing up online so i think that's fascinating and yeah i mean i think that the tiktok 
revolution isn't over yet, um, particularly amongst uh, a lot of younger people. But I think that is uh, that's going to continue. I think more and more brands again, once they start to see the outcomes, once they start to see how engaged these audiences are, how they can measure the effectiveness and drive it towards ROI sales. Um, although I will put a caveat in here, sometimes influencer marketing works best when it is part of an overall campaign rather than necessarily in isolation. So, um, you know, if somebody thinks, oh, well, I'm going to use one influencer and I'm, I'm going to sit and wait for that post, drive me loads of sales, then, you know, dream on. That's not going to happen. You know, the average person takes 14 times to, to, to see something before it actually becomes, you know, habitual. So, uh, so, yeah, lots of exciting things to look forward to. Professionalism is really important. I think we, we want to see the professional influencer uh, more and more. And those that are, are making sure that when they um, disclose their, um, their partnerships, that they do use the proper ASA guidelines. That's really, really important. And that is primarily hashtag ad, paid partnership, you know, all of these types of things so that they don't delude their audiences. I have no problem with influencers being paid whatsoever. I think they do an amazing job, but they need to disclose that just to make sure that it is uh, fair. It helps with a better conversation overall. It's just about improving the conversation from a brand perspective and an influencer perspective and yeah. almost building the trust between, as I mentioned, like these two parties that kind of work together, which I think is a big thing that we're slowly trying to build on. And, um, and I think, again, what you said about the influencers as brands is definitely going to be a big part of that because there's also like a recognition of, you know, what can you do? And literally, um, we're going to, on Creative Impact, we're actually going to feature somebody in the magazine uh, for June, that uh, May and June, that actually created their own fitness app. So again, it, it's all literally that building up and thinking how, what can you do for yourself? So if people want to find out more about you and the book, where should we lead them to? Okay, so you can go onto my website, which is gordonglenister.com. Uh, you can also listen to my podcast, Influence Global Podcast, um, which is on all the major podcast channels. <laughs> um, it's available, on, the book is also available on Amazon and all the leading bookstores. Uh, so it's called Influencer Marketing Strategy. And uh, Fab, thank you so much for allowing me to, to come on your show. Um, Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for the wisdom. And thank you so much for giving us loads of thinking points that you can actually bring back to your influencer strategy. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.